uh, welcome to the third podcast episode. I am Bob Duato here with Chester and JC, and uh, welcome in, guys. We've, we've had a lot of stuff happen over the last time we did this. Uh, we talked to Nick Stroop the last time, and tonight our guest is going to be Bobby Showtime, and he's got a lot to talk about. I love Showtime. He's been whooping ass. Like He's really turned his uh, program around this year, and he's been winning and running top two. Really showing these young bucks that the old dog still got some tricks. So I'm excited to get Bobby on here, talk about him. He he ran first and second um, in the last race. So it should be exciting to see what he's got to say. Yeah, I think he, he won the all-star race, right, right, Bob? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. I mean, he's he's kicking ass. We last podcast, I think we were talking about the youth movement, right? People like Bumgardner and uh, old uh, three wheels, the old uh, trike there, uh, Corey. Uh, what's what's his name? Corey Gordon. His name Corey is. Gordon. Yeah, and a couple other young guys just beating up. But old Bobby Showtime, the the gray in his beard, the grizzled veteran. You know, he's uh, he's coming through and putting it down. I'm interested to talk about uh, uh, the interesting information that's come up as of late. Yeah, he failed a tire test, had chemical in the tire, which is a no go. So basically, we're looking at all this stuff and saying, Hey, you're, you're illegal here. And, uh, that was based off the last cup win, which he got handily. And, uh, I know he's been working on the stuff, but it'll be interesting to talk to him about that. You know, the all-star race we had before we had a cup race along with that. And then we went and had our season finale, uh, the other night and that went very well. And, uh, champions were crowned and all that, but, uh, show Walter had won the race, uh, the weekend after that all-star race race. And, just failed the tire test. I mean, it, the, the lab makes a call. It comes back if it's wrong, it's wrong. And and he says, admittedly, that there were some things he could have changed to not make that happen. Well, I'd like to get his uh, view on it because, I mean, we've tossed a couple of guys out already this year. It's not like we have, we've been secretive about it or anything. And especially when he's been running as good as he has, it's a shame. It's a shame to see somebody like him have to push the boundaries like that when, you know, we see Nick Stroop and that whole camp win week in and week out without doing anything. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's guys that are always up front anyways, as of late that we've seen get tagged for stuff, right? It's not like they have to cheat. They're already top five all the time. I mean, Bobby Showtime's won races in the past, right? right. He, he's shown he's got talent. Daniel Armstrong showed he got talent. Uh, uh, Mullis won races all over the Southeast, right? Ooh. And and these are the guys that are are getting tossed for uh, uh, random stuff. So I, I'm interested to see uh, you know what we can talk about here. Well, here he is uh, joining us now live is Robert Showalter. Uh, Bobby Showtime, you got us? Yeah, I got you. All right, uh, Show Walter, welcome to the podcast. Uh, a normal deal here we got going on. We, we were just talking about winning that all-star race. What was it like to win that race, first of all? And uh, second of all, what did you do with the money? <laughs> yeah, so uh, so far the uh, the highlight of this year has been uh, winning the all-star race. Uh, you know, we started out strong at the beginning of this season, and uh, – had a couple of bad runs and uh, got back in the points a little bit, but uh, winning the all-star race, it's a pretty big deal. You know, I uh, worked on my tires all week, uh, was figuring I was going to run at least second or third. You know, a lot of good people show up for that race. You got uh, Jeremy Morris and uh, Knopf, Jimmy Knopf shows up for there. So, you know, I figured, uh, uh, you know, we started the race. We... Um, didn't get past with the first five laps, so I figured we were going to be okay. And then a couple of cautions came out, had restarts, and they didn't pass me then, so I thought we were going to be all right. Um, you know, got in some black traffic and got back to second. And we ran, you know, second there for a while behind uh, Jerry Morris and and uh, a couple of uh, five-to-go cautions came out. And uh, we got us back in the lead on a on a caution on a restart and uh, we took it home from there but uh yeah that's an excellent race um yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool I'm, i know i'm locked into the uh all-star race again next year so that's the uh, that's beating that's up right there i got racing all the uh race of champions and the open and everything so i mean that's pretty cool 
Yeah, Bobby, we've uh, we've watched you all year. You started off strong, and then, like you said, you had a dip through the middle part of the year. Um, but then you've been coming back lately. You know, you're one of the guys that has no fear about getting up there and banging the boards in the treading classes. And that is just so exciting for us to watch. You know, where did you learn that? You know, did that come naturally to you? Um, because there's a lot of guys that we see that try to do that and end up flipping over and getting carried away on the meat wagon. Yes, yeah, so I want to uh, compliment uh, compliment the uh, DNQ series on uh, going to this you know tread tire package. It definitely uh, evens the the field up without you know <clears throat> prepping and uh, doping up the tires. I mean, you can dope up your tires and about anybody can drive a cart when the when the cart's driving that good. You know, so. Uh, it's definitely a challenge. You know, we uh, I didn't start out the season running the Cup Series with the treaded tires. I uh, missed AR, so I put us back in points. And uh, we've been steadily working on our notebook, you know, running up there on the wall. And uh, I end up stepping up on motor program, getting uh, Kevin Smith's um, KSR motor that most of our competitors run, you know. So that's helped out the program quite a bit. But, uh, I mean, man... Yeah, so just get up there in the wall and, and hold them wide open. You just got to have a, a, a big set of a sack on you, I guess, and uh, <laughs> hold them wide open and um, hope for the best. But uh, it's it's been great racing. You know, you're up on there and you got guys pulling slide jobs on you and sliding up in front of you, and then you're crossing them over. You're getting them back in the next next turn. So, um, you know, definitely thumbs up on and going to that uh, series, the tires in that series. And uh, it's been great racing. Uh, I'm sure the fans have enjoyed it. Yeah, Bobby, it's Jay-Z here. We, we In the booth, we've loved it, right? It's it's so exciting to watch you guys slicing and dicing, uh, people finding their own lines. Uh, occasionally, we get some names you don't call the time up front, even though, you know, you got your perennial favorites such as yourself. You know, you're, you're lumped in there. You can pat yourself on the back now. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a winner all the time. Let's not jack them uh, off a little too much. Come yeah, on, man. Right? <laughs> uh, but... You know, there, there's a difference, right? There's the different levels of classes in D&Q. You've got your uh, goodies dash. You have, you know, ghost face brewing heavy cup. You got your Carol tractor trailer uh, repair uh, bush series. And, and there's different Arca, pink magic Arca. And and the as you move up, you've got to do things differently. Could you talk a little bit about the time you're putting at the shop before you get to the racetrack? You know, what you guys are working on, how many hours you put in before you even show up to race? I mean, what's, what's the difference that gets you to the front all the time? Uh, I mean, so it's like any, any racing, you know, the time that you spend in the shop, you know, going through your go-kart, um, you know, maintenance, washing it, um, you know, I always say a clean go-kart adds at least two tents, you know, so, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, washing it, making sure it looks good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, every week, you know, with the with the the prep tires, you're always, you know, doing your tires during the week. And then, you know, with the tread tires, you should just be washing them and putting them up in the trailer and, and leaving them alone. Um, but, uh, yeah. But what, I mean, if, what if you're not? Go-kart every week. What's that? <laughs> I guess now's probably a good time to ask that question. You know, um, got some tire samples back while we're on the topic of uh, tire prepping. You know, what happened? <laughs> uh, I mean, so when we do come back, we do wash our tires with uh, Awesome and Simple Green. I mean, I may have let them sit on there for too long. I'm not sure. Um, also that night and other nights, I have washed those tires. Uh, unfortunately, in my uh, tub that I also wash my prep tires in because we run two classes and unknowingly I might have just put them in there to wash the mud off them because it was muddy that night just to clean them up and it might have got you know goat pee on them on that way so um yeah unfortunately you know we we win a race everything's great and then we we fail a tire test so I mean I I feel like unknowingly I, I screwed myself on that by washing my tires in a in a you know a uh tire cleaning bucket um but it is what it is i mean everyone's in the same book uh everyone's got to you know abide by the same laws and unfortunately <laughs> I, I messed that up so um you know, hopefully dnq will forgive me i'll sit out my races i got said i'll pay my fine and then uh we'll go on but um back to uh you know we'll 
during the week we'll get our stuff ready we'll set it up make sure you know everything's right what we want to get beyond and if we know that week we're running the the high side we'll set our cart up to something different change our gears a little bit and if we know we're running the low side or if it's going to be wet that night we'll we'll do something different with the gear and maybe set up but um I definitely a feeling the high side way better than the low side. I, I can't figure out running down there in the bottom and when the tracks got a lot of moisture and I just haven't figured it out. So um, I guess I, I need to call Jeremy and get some more testing in, in place to, to figure that out. Yeah, we talked to, so we had the tire test come back. We've covered all that stuff before, but talking about going to this this year, it was uh, you and Adam Welch that approached me to begin with that even put the idea out there. And it's it's taken off. So you guys being the the original R and D of this, I mean, it's you got to take some credit to it too. As much credit as we have in the series was you guys coming to us and and bringing that up and doing some of the work to get it to where it is today. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I really didn't. I mean, I've raced at Millbridge help twenty years ago when I moved down here, and and I haven't raced go karts since until you know last year when we started back up in 2019 and, and adam was you know racing with uh kse and the uh you know outlaw wing carts and stuff and uh we didn't even have flat carts and uh he's like you know let's go go-kart racing so we started go-kart racing and then we you know we ran slicks all of 2019 we won the, the bush championship i think uh mike contrino the other guy that runs with us he won Goodies dash. I mean, it was it was great. So we decided, hey, we're tired of this prep stuff. So we, you know, introduced uh, the treaded to uh, DQ and they they ran with it, and um, it's taken off. I mean, it's it's amazing that last year we could barely have ten carts in the Cup field with the clone motors, and now we're sending guys home, and we're sending guys home in the Hooters Pro Cup deal. I mean, it's been amazing. It's it's pretty cool to run in the series. And I hope more people come next year and um, have fun. Yeah, so, um, you know, you said you moved down about 20 years ago. That's funny. You probably got jeans older than some of those kids you're racing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what uh, <laughs> Yeah, some, some black wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> so, that there's probably a backstory that not many of our listeners and, and viewers know about you. Why don't you go into a, a little bit of your history? You know, where'd you move down from? Why'd you move down? You know, what brought you to the Carolinas and, and what do you do for your day job besides fuck around with DNQ? Um, so my dad grew up racing up in um, Sandusky, Ohio. He, uh, beautiful got, area. Uh, some, yeah, got some. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, we got some street stocks to go. We raced at our local racetrack. Um, he won some track championships there, and then uh, we moved on to, um, I think it was the Iceman Series and Super Late Models. Had the Butch Miller and Dennis Berry drive for him. Uh, they won a couple of championships with that, and then they uh, moved to ASA. Won a couple of championships with Butch Miller in the ASA car, Ooh. and um, when it started to, when the truck series started up in I think '95, we uh, raced with Butch Miller in the truck series. Had uh, Kenny Irwin Jr. Uh, drive for us. I think it was like '90s, right. somewhere around <laughs> there. And then uh, my old man moved down here in the two. Uh, probably a couple of years earlier than I did. He moved down here in I think '98. And uh, I was still in high school, and I was up there by myself for the, my last two years of high school, having parties, uh, tearing his house down, <laughs> Hell yeah. holes and stuff in the wall. <laughs> and uh, so I graduated. Yes, I finally graduated in 2000, and they moved me down here. I didn't even get to go to any graduation parties because they they moved me down here so fast. But um, <laughs> so we did up in Ohio, and then we moved down here. We uh, you know, I've been on a lot of race teams. I've worked on some of the best. I've worked on, you know, some of the worst and some of them in the middle. And you get to learn from all those places, you know, what works and what don't work. And so, I mean, we've been a long, it's been a long racing, I guess, uh, heritage um, of our family. So we've been around forever. Um, this is the first time I've ever drove anything. So I never drove anything up in Ohio. Come down here, 
ran at Woodleaf when I first moved down here, ran at Millbridge, ran at this little dinky track. Uh, it was behind the the pilot gas station on exit 42, I think, off of 77. It was the <laughs> craziest little shithole you could ever been to. Um, but it was fun. It was fun racing. But, um, but uh, yeah, so during the day, we, uh, you know, we do bodies for a lot of the Xfinity teams. And, uh, you know, me and Welch, we take care of about 13 or 14 uh, different teams. We put bodies on for them. That keeps us pretty busy doing that. And then besides uh, trying to figure out how we're going to get to the next gray area in the D&Q series, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, you know, build, building chassis dinos and trying to get as, as much as we possibly can get out of everything to, to try to go win these things. Um, I mean, it was great back in, in 2019. We were, we were dominating. We were whooping ass and, you know, taking names. And then uh, – you know, a little bit more stiff competition showed up again this year. You know, we got uh, Riggins and, and Stroop in the, the Cup Series, and Armstrong came in the um, the Bush Series this year and really gave me, uh, you know, about for trying to get my title back. And, um, you know, we just we just missed it some nights, or some nights we'd be running second or first, and kids that show up that's not running for a championship would wreck you, and you end up finishing, you know, fifth or eighth or something like that. So just – a lot of bad luck, a lot of, you know, being in the wrong spot at the wrong time, but um, I can't say more about this, this series, but it's fun for me. I'm now 40 years old. I'm out there racing 16-year-old kids, and I'm still winning, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun for me. Man, I, I, I feel you, Bobby. I, uh, I I still do some, you know, asphalt road course, some sprint racing yeah, up here in uh, upstate New York once in a while. I get like two, three times a year. And I'm racing against 16 year old kids, and you know I I beat them where I'm close to them. I get out of the go kart, I'm like sucking wind, like, <gasps> and like pouring sweat. And the kids, like, hey, beer, yeah, and the kids come up to me and go, "Oh, you did pretty good, Mister Zob Q." I'm like, what the fuck? I'm "Don't you look at my daughter?" You know what I mean? Like, Stay away. I, it's, it's crazy, man. I but you know you talk about the competition and how you know dnq started as a just a bunch of buddies trying to run some rental races and having a good time and and kind of making a joke out of it now it's it's this serious highly competitive series that are you going to make the jump are you going to run that who's your national coming up next month you think you got anything for them i mean i don't know i don't know what kind of competition is going to show up i mean i don't know how far from you know Virginia or South Carolina people are going to come. I mean, it depends on how much they, you know, DQ promotes it. And I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty good payout. You know, a thousand dollars a win. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty tough to to go there and uh, beat whoever shows up. I mean, I'm still trying to figure this credit deal out. Um, you know, with you know, with the tires and stuff, and and what kind of pressures are on, and what you need to do to your chassis. Just, I mean. You're running almost two and a half, three inches of stagger when you get the tires new. It's just about impossible to, to tighten the thing up and then not be loose. So, um, me coming from the prep tires where that thing's pretty much stuck solid to the racetrack, now I'm having to wheel the shit out of this thing. And <laughs> um, it's it's definitely uh, it's a fun class. It's, it's for sure it's going to be interesting. I mean, I hope the hell I can go out there and win, but. Uh, well, we had look what we had last week. We had the uh, Ryan Ayers drive for me. We, I mean, we just totally missed the the setup and air pressure. I mean, we were out to lunch, and um, I, I'm glad he drove it for me. But I wish I would have had something better for him. But uh, yeah, we uh, we got a couple more test days set up, and uh, hopefully we'll get it right, and hopefully we can uh, have a showing for the you know the Hoosier Nationals. Hell yeah, yeah. brother. If you could take home the uh, Hoosier Million, I got a couple of places down there in Charlotte that are my favorite, the local, you know, going there and your feet stick to the bar, Prohibition, Uptown Cabaret. <laughs> How are you going to spend that cash? Well, um, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I got about a, a million things I could spend, you know, $1,000 on, but. Uh, What's your name? Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> but uh yeah i could i could definitely spend a thousand dollars down at a bar with uh, all, the, all the best guys and uh even guys that i don't even like i might as well just take them what the hell why not right yeah i think i think uh 
I think Bill wants – he's coming down to announce that. I think he wants you to take him out if he wins. I think he's going to ask everybody <laughs> where he's going to spend that money. All right. Uh, last, last question here, uh, Showalter. Two – I guess two last-time questions. Do you, First of all, do you even like the nickname uh, Showtime? Is that a good name for you? I mean, sure. I guess it's it's, it's been sticking with everyone. So, um, I mean, I'm there to put a show on. So, yeah, sure, why not? It's, it's Hell, yeah. A good name. Yeah. All right, that's good. And then the last question is, we've seen a couple guys get hurt the last couple of races. So safety, we started it, we tilled the top last race, and we're trying to make it as safe as possible. But in the same breath, I really think most of these accidents have been the drivers not respecting each other as far as how they run driver's seat. I mean, is there what do you think we could do to at least not have people wreck, or is it, is it just a driver thing, or or what's going on there? I mean, I feel like the way the the tracks prepped is is not the problem i mean um unfortunately everyone you know with these tires the way they are when the green flag drops you're trying to get every spot you possibly can while you're all bunched up together like that so um i don't believe it's the way the tracks prepped i mean running up on on the wall is it's fun because you know you're running up there but you know you're faster than the guy so you slide down in front of them and then he's, and then he's, you know, only opportunity he's got, he's going to slide back down in front of you to put, you know, a block on you. So it's, it's great racing. I kind of felt like when we were running down on the bottom this last week, it was, I'm just going to drive into the side of you, the, the pass you kind of, kind of race. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's up to us drivers, you know, um, we don't want to, you know, wreck each other. We have the opportunity not to do it with, we can pay attention to more to where this, where I just passed this guy at. I know where he's at. I know I should not slide up and up into him and run him up to the wall. So, I mean, it's just uh, annoying where everybody's at on the racetrack, just paying attention, um, having the race receivers. So we know when the yellow comes out, they're in our ear talking to us, telling us to slow down or, you know, the caution's out. Um, it's been a big plus for safety, but um yeah, man, I, I really like the high the high side. You know, I, I won up there, so I, of course I'm going to say I like to run up there. But uh, I mean, either way it goes, we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, I, I feel like running the high side, you know, puts a hell of a show on, and um, I feel like everyone else likes running up there in the top two, banging the boards. And uh, I mean, I think it's fun. I mean, you're wide open, you're four inches from the wall, and you're just holding on for everything you got, and it really just brings the driver out, people. Yeah, I mean, you're you're up against the wall. Our actual cover photo on the DNQ Facebook page is your tire touching the wall in practice. Yeah, I mean that was probably unintentional, but I got you guys a help. Uh, is there uh, anybody you'd like to thank? I know we ask everybody all the time in, in these races. Uh, I mean, you've had it's a long season, it's a grind. Uh, you had definitely had a good year with some struggles down the road, but who do you have to thank for, for most of the year that you run? Uh, I mean, first off, I gotta thank my wife. You know, she puts up with me, you know, being gone all night racing and uh, working late at the shop, you know, getting stuff ready, and then you know, being here uh at the house you know bringing the carts home you know cleaning them getting them ready here so definitely you know gotta thank her for having patience i mean she she hates it every time but she just has to understand that's you know that's what we're gonna do so um <laughs> and then you got welch and then you got mike you know we we bounce stuff off each other uh set up you know set up notes and uh what we think we need to do and what we need to be at and um the, you know, all my, all my teams that we do work for, I mean, they, they pretty much sponsor me and supply my money to do this. So I got to, you know, hats off. Thanks for them guys that unfortunately wrecked about every other week, um, getting up in accidents, you know, so <laughs> mm-hmm. if it wasn't for, you know, their repairs, we wouldn't be doing this. So, um, I mean, they're pretty much like my sponsors, I guess I need to have to get a really big side panel on my go-kart so we can put all the sponsorship on the side of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's about, you know, me, Mike, and, and Welch, you were the, we're the only ones that really bounce, you know, stuff off with each other. I know Jimmy has joined up with, I think, Team Reaper. So, you know, they're bouncing information off there. And you got uh, Stroop and Riggins that are bouncing information off of there. So, I mean, it really helps having a teammate 
or someone you can ask, you know, what kind of tire pressure you're running or what kind of caster you're running, you know, where's your cross and um, trying different things and, and letting them know if it worked or didn't work, you know, so it's fun. It's uh, just old, old style, you know, back in the day racing and uh, I like it. So it's, it's been fun. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Bobby Showtime. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you at the Hoosier Nationals. Pretty excited to get that fired off, uh, but we'll see you out there running. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, see thanks for joining us. Later, Bobby. All right. See you guys. So that's uh, Robert Showalter. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, the tire test aside, he's done a very good job this year as far as racing is concerned. Mm -hmm. And, and, his program has stepped up a ton. Uh, we saw that in the last cup race, you know, despite the tire test. And I, I think, I think what we saw in that tire test was the same thing we had with Mullis happen where they wiped the, the water and the same thing. So, you know, people make mistakes, but um, pretty, pretty excited to see what he brings to the table in uh, 2021 and the Hoosier nationals. Yeah. The washing the tires in the same bucket, something I wouldn't even have thought about, but it can definitely contaminate the tires. I can see that. So, I guess that's a lesson to all the DNQ competitors is if you're going to run more than one class where you're not allowed to prep, then you probably need to have a separate, a separate wash bucket uh, just to make sure that contamination doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, some people might complain, you know, hey, you're just making my life harder, but that's the whole point of this class is to put it on the driver, put it uh, you know, on the idiot behind the steering wheel and make you drive mm -hmm. and make you do a good job with your go-kart and your setup. So, um, you know, the, the class is thriving. So I think it, I, if you want to participate, if you want to have fun, if you want to participate in this style of racing, just get a second bucket. It's not that hard. Right. This racing's fun because we do police the rules. The fact that you have to have a stock engine, the fact that you have to have zero prep on the tires makes it great. And if you watch that pro cup race, we had before our last race where the drivers were tail nose to tail four drivers in a shot to win that race at Ryan airs one. I mean, that's the product that we're putting out there. Yeah. Nobody can argue the DNQ product and the racing is just phenomenal. It's the best go-kart racing in the country, hands down, probably the best racing in the country, hands down. Um, so I, I think DNQ probably just needs to keep doing what they're doing and, and the competitors they're coming around to it. I mean, he, Bobby said it best, like last year you had 10 cars in cup that you were struggling to make a good race out of switch to some treaded, no prep tires. And all of a sudden we're running B main sending half the guys that showed up home. I mean, that's, that, that says it all uh, just in the numbers. I mean, it's it's such a good show. I mean, the way Kyle Larson's going up to you know big sprint car racing and be beating people up, I'm waiting to see Chad Boat and Jason Side show up to try to run Ghostface Brewing Heavy Cup just because it's so <laughs> much fun. They they want a chance to win. I mean, it's it's awesome. Look at the the YouTube views. You know what I mean? The the counts yeah. and the, the races once they're posted. It's uh, I think this national is gonna be huge. I I, I bet you you have 200 entries for this this race. I can yeah, see that easily. Yeah, I mean, let, let's hope so. Um, yeah, the racing is is going to be amazing. That's for sure. Definitely going to be a busy night in the tech shed, especially with taking tire samples from the top five and then going through engine tech, which has been you know a topic lately. But uh, it's I'm I'm very excited for it. Uh, you have a whole practice day, so Saturday or sorry Friday is a whole practice night. Get out there, turn as many laps you want, and then Saturday is the big show, and uh, money's going to be coming out. I'm really interested to see how many champ carts we get, or whatever you want to call them, buggy carts, because uh, that has potential to become a series next year in DNQ, and they have to have a lot show up. Yeah, I mean, we don't like running around a pussy class if we don't have to. Um, but, I mean, if, if a bunch of those clowns want to come out here and – get their teeth chattered out by running those fucking buggies around Millbridge. We'll take your money. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. The, the champ carts are kind of a cult, you know, you, you, there aren't a ton of them. Uh, but when one says, Hey, I had a really good time running here. Everyone come, they, they will show up. So we'll, hopefully you get a good class of 10 or 15 of those bad boys. Uh, it'll be a nice showcase and they'll start showing up running DNQ, uh, putting more money into the pot. Uh, more money goes into the series. Uh, prizes are better. Payouts are better. Everyone wins. 
Man, I'd love yeah. to see some big sliders on those. It's going to be like some dump trucks sliding each other out there. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and they're not they're not scared to do it either. That's the other thing. They're, they're not scared because they have a yeah. case. It's a false sense of security. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the way I see it is these guys that run that class are scared to get hurt. Like you'll have a Ronnie Shirk or John Kinder, some, some of these guys that don't want to get hurt in a go-kart. Well, just because you have that cage around you doesn't mean you're not going to get hurt. I mean, you have a belt and, and a cage around you, and I think that's kind of more what it would go towards, cater towards that kind of driver. But, I mean, like the safety side, pretty much DNQ now to this point and Milbert Speedway have done all they can do to make sure it's safe. The rest of it's in the driver's hands. Yeah. Wait, when, I, you, when you hit something with the front of your go-kart and get hurt, it's – it's driver error at that point. You know what I mean? It's it's not like you got turned around and backed into a fence. I, I think a lot of it is uh, wrong place, wrong time. Maybe some better decision-making could be made by the drivers at the time. But uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Billy, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I I agree. Like a lot of the a lot of the wrecks that we've had happen are just drivers. I don't want to say getting complacent. But uh, not respecting the track enough. Bobby said that very well. Um, You know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of the accidents we've had could have been uh, or are somewhat a factor of, you know, drivers not respecting the track enough. But back to the cage cards, I mean, you can definitely flip one of those things out of the track as as hard as you can a flat cart. But uh, uh, you do have the cage around you, you do have those belts. Maybe it's a little bit safer. Um, but that's not going to make up for any driver error. That's for sure. Bill, I remember when you and I were both racing cup a couple of years ago, we were going so fast. You did not, you wouldn't even dare try to really wreck somebody at all because we were going almost 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, you, you had to respect each other. And I, I mean, I remember a couple nights, like when it would slick off, if you got one tire in the angel dust, you were done. You were hauling so much ass. Like you were, you were just going to, just cross your arms and hope you don't die. <laughs> My back still hurts from some of the times I hit the wall off a of two out there. So <laughs> exactly what it means. Um, so anyway, we we had our season finale and and man, what what a cha- what a race we had there at the end. I mean, we we tilled the top. The, it had about had a hurricane that came through, so the track was a little rough. Became bottom dominant racetrack, and uh, we we had a couple new winners. Josh Long uh, won his first race. Uh, Dustin Dunn of the Tyler Young Motorsports Development Program won a race. I mean, Tyler Young's program that he's putting together right now is unreal. And the parties that they have after is even better. That's DNQ worthy for sure. They could show up and run eighth and still have the best party. Uh, But yeah, it's great to see that group. I know they've had uh, some tough times in the trucks, you know, haven't got the finishes they want, haven't been as competitive as they wanted to be. Um, in the truck series. So well, look, watching them step up to DNQ and put together the string of runs that they've had and wins and wins. And we've seen them uh, with ratchet jaws and the other, the other guy, I forget his name. Um, uh, Dustin Dunn. Dustin Dunn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ratchet jaws and Dustin Dunn. Uh, I mean, those guys ran one, two bumper to bumper and clicked off a couple of wins. So it's great to see guys that have just kept their nose to the grindstone and hammered out as much as that group has finally get the results that they deserve. Yeah. I, I think the, for me, my favorite part about Tyler Young Motorsports is that they embody everything DNQ was founded on, right? <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're racing hungover. You have the best parties, but you still show up on Monday night and get the job done at Millbridge. So I, I, you know, you're, we're supposed to be partial up here in the booth, but you know, if they win a race, I'm definitely not sad. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I hope their success continues and I hope it encourages more people to kind of bring that mentality to the pits, bring that mentality to the racetrack and make DNQ the place to race uh, even more. So I have to say this. So Tyler Young is probably one of the most humble DNQ past champions ever, because I told some of their drivers, Hey, did you know that Tyler was our first champion in DNQ as far as the uh, heavy series goes? He said, I had no idea. Well, Tyler Young was unstoppable in the DNQ series when we first started up, won the championship, won a ton of races, and now he's been a journeyman of DNQ where he is now a part owner in a team, and it just it just comes full circle with him. Yeah, it's great to see the sport 
grow and evolve as it has. And what better person to do it with than Tyler Young? And it's great to see him come to the racetrack with some good pussy. Eye candy uh, doesn't hurt, helps sell tickets. And I I encourage everyone to bring as much pussy as they can. I think it's great. Keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's definitely he's come a long way in the, in the pit lizard department. There's no doubt about that. So in that ARCA series, we had uh, Ronnie Carroll take home the championship. Congratulations to him. It was basically his all year long. Uh, nobody was contesting that at all. And his buddy Daniel Armstrong did win the Bush Series championship because of Robert Showalter having to sit a race mm. out. Mike Melton won the Goodies Dash Series championship. And then in our treaded stuff, it was Zach Stroop who took home the Pro Cup championship. And the big one, the Cup championship, was Nick Stroop. So it was a good, it was a good time to be a Stroop the other night. Those guys took home both championships. And, uh, you know, the Winston Cup point system is so good. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we had people close, but – I mean, these guys were the most consistent guys all year, and that's how you should win a championship. Yeah, we don't need to put on any fake drama. We got plenty of drama right there on the track with guys throwing huge haymaker sliders every every other corner, it seems like, and the points still come down to you know three or four guys in the last race able to win the championship. But um, the, the best guy has won every single year, and and that's what racing is about, just like you said, Bob. Yeah, it's your, consistency is what you were talking about a second ago, and and that's what you had. You had uh, a Ronnie Carroll. You know, the last three races, the the youth movement was giving him a run for his money. You know, what I mean, we were talking about even when he started up front, he'd he'd find himself in fourth or fifth place, but he kept the go kart clean. He kept it on the racetrack. Uh, those youngsters, you know, were hopping left rears, and he he still ended up pulling it off. So it it just uh, goes to show that you, you got to be good. You you can be fast, but. Uh, What's the old phrase? Uh, to finish first, you must first finish. Absolutely. That's it. But I, so next year, I think we're getting ready to see. I mean, we thought this year was big. Next year, probably going to be a large explosion of not only talent, but I think racers coming into the series. I think this series has got a lot of attention put on it lately. And for a weeknight race, I mean, pay out pretty, we don't pay out a ton. Um, we pay out pretty decent for a weekly show, but case of I mean, beer and a trophy, shut the fuck up and yeah. come race. Yeah. The competition has skyrocketed this year, and I think it's done nothing but make things even better. I'm sure there's people watching now. We have zero clue that are going to come run next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the DNQ series a lot like the Chili Bowl now, to where it's the most prestigious, biggest racing in the country, and it pays jack shit to win. But that's <laughs> Very not true. what it's about. It's about the trophy. It's about the prestige. It's about the Facebook likes and views and the hose that you get on the way home. You know, it's it's more than just racing where it brings out the biggest racers with the most talent and the most experience and money to to come compete in the series. You know, but I mean, we still got the lower divisions, too, but that's not what we're talking about. Like, uh, you know, we see the like um, Jamie Knopf with the all-star race, he, he is one of the biggest names in the Southeast and he finished fourth and the DNQ regulars with 20 year old wrestlers beat him. That's what <laughs> DNQ is about. Yeah. I, I mean, I think part of it too is a shout out to the Burnettes and, and Millbridge and that the track prep and the condition that places in every time you guys show up, I, I know, uh, Bill, Bob, you guys have been to tracks where you're pulling into the pits and there's some dude with a cigarette and a cutoff t-shirt with a garden hose out there trying to water off the track <laughs> the way it was left the week before. You know what I mean? And that's that's just not how they run their ship. They, it's it's tight. The track gets packed in. Even after it pours, they're doing everything they can to get that thing run in. Uh, they got they find cool trophies to give out for the the awards. Um, you know, it's it's a great place to race with a good rule set and some good promoters and it's kind of selling itself at this point. Yeah, they've, they've done such a good job. I can't thank them enough for, for how the series runs and operates and the, and the time schedule we're on for a weeknight at the latest, we're out of there at 11 o'clock, 10 30. And then, uh, you know, it, it runs very well. And I think uh, part of it is we deal with the go-carters, which they don't want to deal with have mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they don't want to do that. We deal with it. And, um, it's been a great relationship. I mean, I, I don't think you could ask for a relationship to work out any better 
But, I mean, this year alone, the competition has been amazing. The Cup Series has grown so much. I mean, the Pro Cup Series, ultra competitive. We've seen so many things happen this year. And, and when I look back at where we started this year and where we finished this year, I mean, Ronnie Shirk won the first race and Nick Stroop's winning championships and Eric Riggins running well. And James Stanley, who ends up winning the race, and Eric Riggins go ahead, goes ahead and takes advantage of a rule that we have to test his tires. So he spent the money to protest tires. So we're still waiting on that test to come back to see who won that race. But I think that's also part of the series that just makes it so great. Yeah, the, the playing field is level for everybody, no matter how much money you you have. And you can show up with a stacker full of tires, but it ain't going to matter if you can't prep them. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't ask for anything more from this year. The racing's been great. The track prep's been great. The commentating has been great. Um, yeah, it, it's been a, a great 2020 for DNQ, and, and I can't wait to get this Hoosier million underneath our belts and, and roll into 2021 with the, the DN Quinn 500. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Uh, DNQ has got a good thing going and uh, I'm excited for 2021. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll cover some more DNQ after uh, we do the video for the last race that we just had uh, this week, but let's get on some real racing news. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with a, uh, I mean, do you guys have anything else to add for DNQ or no? I mean, I'm good. No, I'm done with DNQ. Let's talk about other shit. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Matt Benedetto. That was one thing I wanted to cover. He was, wasn't was sure to the last minute if he had a deal or not. Now, here's here's a guy that I feel has done really well in uh, his first year in what I would consider top-tier equipment. And um, is. And they almost got rid of him, I guess. I, I don't know what they were waiting on, whether they were waiting on Cindric to see if he had money or, or somebody else to come over there. But are these guys, and we've seen it, we're going to see it with Eric Jones, we've seen it with Joey Logano, are these guys pulling the trigger too quick on these guys after a year trying to work with the team? I think you kind of need to give somebody more than a year, especially this year because new team, new crew chief, new engineers, new everything – new setups. I mean, he's never really driven anything but junk in the cup series. Uh, I mean, he, he kind of drove some decent shit at Gibbs in, in the Xfinity series, but he was really young too. Um, you know, I think you kind of need to give at least this year kind of a throwaway, especially since there was no practice and all kinds of other bullshit that you had to deal with. Um, you kind of need to run somebody two years to at least figure out what they've got. So, I'm glad they made the decision that they did because I think he is a decent driver. He's probably not going to win them a championship, but I don't think that's what that team is about. Honestly, I think that team is about getting good, high quality finishes. So I don't think he did awful. Do I think he needs to do better in year two? Absolutely. Like, 15th to 20th is not where he needs to be running. He needs to be running top five to top 12, 15 on a bad day. Um, but I think that team is more than capable of doing it. That also gives Austin Sindrick another year in Xfinity. I don't know what that's going to prove, though, because he's not really racing anybody. Um, I, it looks like Chase Briscoe is probably going to jump up to the fourteen. Um, so that's going to take his main competition out of there. So what are you doing? You're, you're racing AJ Allmendinger on road courses and he really doesn't give a shit about racing. He's there doing it for fun. He wasn't really all that good in cup. Uh, I don't know. Like, like what, what are you proven by having Austin Sindrick take the go ahead championship because he's in good equipment? I, I, those, that's really good points. Both really good points and, and touching on Matty D I think some consistency is key. You know, the difference between first place and eighth place is two and a half tenths. Eighth place and 15th place is another four tenths, right? It's not like they're seconds apart, right? You're just trying to find that little bit. And that takes time to develop with a crew chief and a car chief and a setup program. Cause you know, the, the computer tells you this, this one setups fast, but you know, Denny might like it, or I'm sorry, Blaney might like it and Keselowski might like it, but uh, Joey and Maddie D don't, and they, they need something different. And that, that takes time to cultivate. So I, 
I think you got to give him another chance, give him another year. I think it was the right call. But on the opposite side, Cindric, I think I think you got to buy buy and sell high, right? I I think another year in in, in uh, Xfinity, especially with the the talent being depleted, if he's running seventh, eighth, ninth in the Xfinity against the field they're going to have next year, I think that looks bad for him. I think that hurts his case to get to cup the next year. Um, you know, basically the expectation is he better be top three every single week, barring yeah. engine failure or a wreck. That's not his fault. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. I mean, uh, we see so many young guys get in cup cars now, and um, I'm not so sure that may be the answer. I think they tear a lot of stuff up and uh, they try a little too hard sometimes not saying, I mean, the, the rookie class this year actually did a pretty damn good job, but do we still see the younger guys that they're going to hire for less money? Or do we see them maybe go towards a couple older guys that, that might make sure that stuff stays intact? I think it's going to be whoever brings the most money. I don't think the old guy that's not going to tear stuff up game um, is even in effect anymore, unless you're running one of the 16 Rick Ware or Jay Robinson cars. <laughs> I agree. Um, these big teams are owned by guys that are uh, business tycoons, right? They they made a ton of money in NASCAR. They want to keep running and, and making a ton of money in NASCAR. Um, and they're whoever brings the most money is, is going to get that seat to an extent, right? Um, you know, yeah, you've got to have at least your one, maybe two star drivers. They can't all be duds. Like, yeah. look at what Mercedes has done with Lewis Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. Like, you've got to have your at least one good guy. Yes. Yeah, you you, you can't be junk. You, you may be able to bring, you know, 250 grand to each race. Um, but if if you're going to take that, that Penske car and run 24th with it for those those eight races, they're they're not going to have you. It just doesn't cut it for those teams. They're they're used to winning. So, um, it, it'll be a bench. You'll still want some veterans, right? You want some guys that can come to your team because if you're if you're a low budget team, you may have less experienced guys that are uh, behind the scenes at the shop, getting the car set up, doing your setup work, you know that kind of thing. And you might need an experienced driver to help coach those guys and tell you what you need and, and explain how to get there. Right. Take that knowledge. They may have had a better teams in the past and bring it to the, the mid pack teams, but mm -hmm. um, you're right. I, it's a business these days, man, as much as we don't want to admit it. And uh, I think uh, money's going to be cash is going to be king. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens uh, for sure. What, what do you got for us there, uh, Bill on some stuff you want to cover? All right. So I'll have the obligatory, DNQ made Kyle Larson jack off session here. Um, he won his 40th out of 80 starts this year, 50% win rate in 410 sprint cars this year. Um, I don't think we're going to see that again for a long, long time. So anybody that's a fan of dirt racing, pay attention. You're watching something very special right now. But what I really wanted to bring up was um, – V8 Supercars released their new, what is it? They call it Gen 3 cars yes. um, yep. for next year. And it's the Mustang. It's the Camaro. And they are bad to the fucking bone. They look so good. They look very much like the street car with a pretty sick tune on them. The wing isn't too big and stupid. It's got all the right body lines, all the right look. The splitter on it, eh. It's maybe a little bit big. I could do with something a little bit smaller, but man, do they look good. I think this is what NASCAR was trying to do and just didn't achieve with the next gen car. They, I, I, I think what they need to do is just like punt on that and let everybody buy these cars because they're already done. It's the same model where all the teams buy all the same shit. Uh, just let it happen because they are sick. Yeah, they're they're if you want to, you know, picture Trans Am in its heyday in like the late sixties, early seventies, this is like a modern iteration of that. They're they are completely badass. And um, you know, I, I'm a little horny for V8 supercars as it is, right? Like I, I pay money to be able to watch the the Bathurst race that's uh, on at like two in the morning here our time. And <laughs> you know, I watch some of the old races on YouTube and like Chaz Mostet and like whatever the other drivers are. I, I love it. So I 
I think it's great. I, I agree with you. I, I want to have a, a fun, entertaining, dissenting opinion, but I don't. I, I think NASCAR should scrap what they're doing as well and just say, hey, what's it going to take for you guys to double all the orders you currently have and, and build some for our teams too, you know? Yeah. It's the same horsepower. It's roughly the same size car, all the same style components, hybrid in mind, same thing as NASCAR. Like, yep. Yeah. I think the tire size is the only difference. I think they run an eight inch tire. Um, uh, and NASCAR, I don't know if the next gen car is going to have eight or 10. I, I don't even remember. So, well, I mean, you would get really good crossover too, because then you could have Australian teams come run in America, and then you could have American teams go run in Australia if they really wanted yeah. to. So, I mean, you, you have to think of that process too. But then NASCAR wouldn't get their money that they want for people certifying cars and stuff like that. They, I mean, they got to make their <laughs> yeah, money too. Wreck it. So, yeah. Well, they just they they got to make their money too. They're a business yes. as much as you know everything else is. But That'd be really. I, that's a great point you bring up, Bob. What if the seasons were staggered just enough that at the end of not, I almost said Homestead, wherever the hell the last race is now, Phoenix. What if the V8 supercar and cup season staggered just enough to where you could race year round, a lot like the outlaws do, where after Phoenix, pack your shit up, ship it across the sea, and a couple weeks later, you can run another month or two or three months, whatever the schedule works out to be down under and, and have a little series down there. Well, you can actually do that because the seasons are opposite in Australia. So when it's winter here, it's summer there. So, I mean, it, it really could work that way if they wanted to organize something that way and kind of make a, make some sort of package deal where you can certify cars there and certify cars here. And it's the same thing. I mean, I, I think, Sometimes we forget that when ASA and Pro Cup and the really the demise of those series was the fact that the rules packages differed so much over time. I mean, you could mm -hmm. run a Bush car, a Pro Cup car, and ASA car all in the same series at once, and then they shit all over that by making different rules. So mm -hmm. I, I really think that's probably not a bad idea as far as getting people back in reality of what they need to run. And then you think about that ARCA guys could go run in Australia. You can make the ARCA rules that yeah. way. It just opens it up for, for way more things to have happen. And especially if you want to say, okay, instead of ARCA and cup have the same engine, but detune it where it has less horsepower. I mean, you have those options now, so it's really not that hard to make that decision. But then again, we are making a little bit of sense here. And now you're on a worldwide stage, you know, you can sell bigger sponsors or more sponsorships. You're racing longer. Uh, I mean, granted, I'm sure it would be tough on the families a little bit, you know, but if you, I mean, a lot of the outlaw guys, they take their whole family down there for a couple of months, you know, uh, I, it really opens it up. And then that also, that also allows the Australian guys you know, to come up here and race for part or most or all of the season and basically double their income. Yes. I, I, I don't have uh, much to add to that one. I, I, again, we're solving all the world's problems right now on this podcast. I, I think they're all <laughs> great freaking ideas. I think it gets fresh faces um, and, and fresh ears to the broadcasts in both series, uh, more spot, more uh, exposure for the sponsors. You know, there's Roger Penske owns a team in both series. Um, you know, there's, there's big time owners, both in Australia and here that could use the exposure, you know what I mean? Especially the whole B2B advertising nature of things. And some of the, the global brands, like the, the, the beer and the tooling brands that are on in both countries. So I, I think the logistics are tough. Um, I think you have the charter system in NASCAR and the kind of the same system they have in the V8 supercar series to worry about. With that kind of idea, like, do you do you just run like a eight or a ten race mini series in between, where it's you know qualify your way in, or are you going to honor the charters that already exist between the two? I, I don't know. Just just uh, playing devil's advocate, you know. Travel money, man. Travel money makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. you come yeah. from Australia yeah. and you want to run the shootout at the Daytona Road Course, it'll pay really good money for them to do that. But anyway, Jay Z, what do you got to cover here? I want to talk a little bit about the uh, 21, uh, 2021 schedule. And uh, kind of the, an actual legitimate shakeup for once. And uh, I, I don't want to harp too much on Bristol Dirt. I, I think it's a, a little gimmicky, could be fun, 
We'll see. I at least applaud NASCAR for trying. Um, I do think it's very cool that we're we're doing uh, some more road courses because ha- it's funny how forcing the drivers to use the brakes causes great racing. I, it's just the it's just the way it works. Instead of just staying pegged all the way around the racetrack and having the the cars that are each a half a tenth apart every lap just kind of spread out, uh, you can use the brakes. You can change your line. You can change strategy. You do things to make the race interesting. Um, going to Coda is going to be awesome. I don't I don't think that tracks the best for a big heavy stock car, but um, it's cool to go to the country's uh, arguably premier racing circuit. You know what I mean? And guaranteed it's better than fucking Kansas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It can't be worse than Kansas, you know? (laughs) Um, And I, I I think it's awesome. I think the Indy road course will be fun. Um, I do wish, you know, the trucks and Xfinity, I, I wish trucks would go to more regional short tracks. You know what I mean? Like they they run trucks like a South Boston or uh, remember when they first started racing at Tucson raceway park and how awesome those, those old short tracks were. I I wish they would go there, but again, uh, they don't have to listen to me. I'm just some guy that watches on TV. I like, I mean, they're going to Nashville. Okay. Whatever. Nashville is kind of a shithole. Like the the whole racetrack is just the absolute dump, but whatever they want to do. If they go to the short track, that's fine. I did they say that they were going to a street course? No. Well, they, they need to. I don't understand why we're not at a street course yet. Nashville should have been the street course. Yes. Or I mean, we have to do a street course. The fact that a narrow, tight street course is the perfect racetrack to run these stock cars at. Um, nobody will bring nice shit there anyway. They're just going to destroy it. But it will be some awesome racing. I mean. How could you say no to something like that, even if they went to Belle Isle or something like that? Like, but yeah, I gotta I gotta commend them for saying, hey, we're gonna run Bristol Dirt. What a year for Boyer to be forced retired. Uh, but, yeah, right. Um, I'm sure he'll get like a premium ride or something, whatever. But um, you know, I I gotta applaud them. They're trying something different. I mean, the, obviously the old system didn't work. Yeah, the, the Bristol thing will get a bunch of views, and then you know Nashville is what it is. It's just getting different people in different areas and putting different eyes on different venues, but you know, they're, they're starting in the right direction. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. How awesome would it be, you know, to see a bunch of cup cars rumble down Broadway, right past Tootsie's, you know, (laughs) you know, that, that would be a pretty badass race. Honestly, it would probably, somebody's car would, would dead stop at Tootsie's. That's the problem. They get out. Boyer, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, <laughs> Mike Harmon's uh, been in there for three yeah. days before the race. Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> having a good time. Uh, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the shakeup they did. You know, I, I agree. Like, there are some things that um, aren't the greatest, but there's a lot that is good about it. You know, Texas at least lost one date, um, and now they got the All Star race. Okay, whatever. The All-Star Race is kind of a shit show anyway. It sucks for the teams to have to go all the way out to Texas for that stupid race. But, okay, I get it if I was Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I agree with you, Jay-Z. Like, the Dakota Road Course is probably not the best cup car road course that we could have went to. Um, but it is a badass racetrack, and Austin's yep. a badass town. Yeah. Um, so, like, they're definitely reaching that whole area of the country. Um, and I would love to go to that race just because Austin's a badass town and the racetrack is really nice. And the racing's probably not going to be that bad. Like, there's a ton yeah. of big overtaking, like, bomb it in their turns, um, which usually leads to good cup races. Um, you know, we see that at the Watkins Glen bus stop. You know, there's always carnage there, and there is going to be carnage at Coda also. Um, so I'm, I'm not mad about that. Bristol Dirt, um, I love the idea. Um, I hope that the Outlaws and All-Stars and every other Dirt series that you can think of runs there the week before um, to try to get the track in somewhat of a decent spot. Yes. Um, Larson, Bell, Reddick are probably going to be on a lap of their own. The Dillons are probably going to be 
and shit house probably one lap behind them. And then everybody else is going to be like five or six laps down. I can't see them let that race go um, and not be competitive. So they're probably going to have to throw a bunch of artificial cautions. I don't see that race going like Eldora trucks where you can line a bunch of them up right along the wall. Um, they're probably going to be lined up right along the wall. Yes. But um, Bristol is not Eldora. Um, so I, I, I would expect a very different show there. Although I am very excited to see it. And I think it's going to be the most watched race of the year, probably second to Daytona 500. Um, I hate Homestead being in the beginning of the year. That needs to be the last race of the year. So everybody can stay down in South beach. It's the best time. Um, Phoenix being the last race sucks, but follow the money. Um, whatever they pour the money into next is going to be where we're going to be racing for the last race anyway. Um, yeah, it sucks. The Robo is still on the schedule. Honestly, I hate that racetrack. Um, with going to all those road courses we're going to I, I really don't think they need to even do that anymore I, I think it's a terrible idea especially after you're in the daytona road course there's no reason for it right i agree and and you have the indy road course that's probably going to be a better show than the indy oval it sucks from a prestige standpoint and i totally understand that as a racer but it was the worst show all year so I, I understand why they made that change, and I like it also. I like Road America. I like yes. Atlanta getting a second date. Um, yeah, I mean, that shithole Chicago is finally off the schedule. That shithole Kentucky is finally off the schedule. Um, now they just need to get rid of, uh, you know, one of the Poconos. That needs to go. Um, oh, Michigan lost a date too, didn't they? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, Which, that's a damn shame because that track has three grooves. But for whatever reason, with the way things are today, the races just end up being boring. Yeah. Um, it, it's the arrow package. I wish I wish Vegas would lose a date also and and go to a another better short track name. I don't know. Boring. Like, one of 70 in the fucking country. <laughs> right. Bro. Yeah. But I mean, when you're a mile, bro, like it, sure. Like when you have to push dirt over the stands and you just leave the fucking railings stick <laughs> out of the dirt, like, come yeah. on. Yeah. But a, anyway, I, I, I'm a fan. I, I really like that. They, they shook it up as much as they did. Buying all the racetracks back was great. Um, that summer break in the middle of the season, July 25th, August 1st for the Olympics, that is going to be some much needed rest for everybody. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan for sure. I think uh, you made a good point, uh, Bill, about having all the dirt series at Bristol the week before, because, uh, the, the cup car is going to be at least a thousand pounds heavier than any of the dirt cars that are going to run there the week before. So if the dirt cars are tearing it up, uh, it'll teach them what to do to make sure the cup cars will be on there and have the tracks still stay together. So and then yeah, uh, it's a cup car now it's like 3,400 pounds. And, yeah, uh, and the late models are yeah. 2,300. You yeah, know what I mean? So 1,400. So they are yeah. thousand. They are a ton heavier. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't see that being a good race at all. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there because you're going to get everybody running the top. Nobody's going to go to the bottom. Eventually, they'll wear through to the racetrack, I think, because you're not going to have that much dirt on it. And then it's just going to be one roof top racing the whole time. I, I really do not think it's going to make it any better. Right. Oh, power of positivity, Bob. Yeah, yeah I'm getting I, I wish they would have <laughs> chosen – any one of the dirt tracks in America to go to. I, I yes, yes. Like yes. take away a Pocono and go to fucking Port Royal. Like that would be a great show. Eldora has put on great racing. Like pick pick anywhere. Knoxville, that's big enough. I don't know. Knoxville would probably be end up being one lane with the big stupid cup cars. It doesn't quite have enough 
um, banking to run there, I don't think. But uh, yeah, like there's so many good dirt tracks. There's options, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else yeah. we got? I'm, I'm pretty much covered. I don't know if anybody else wants to cover anything. Yeah, my, my Evan Williams is gone too. Yeah, I'm yeah. Out. I had some Japanese I'm, whiskey tonight. It was good. Yeah. I was on private stock. Uh-huh. I bought the bigger thing. It was cheaper. And uh, that hits you pretty good. So Good. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, another good one down. We solved every one of the world's problems. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Until next time. After the Hoosier. Go for us. The DNQ. Yeah. Hoosier Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> Nationals so November next. Well, maybe we'll 11th get. 11th through 14th? Uh, 13th and 14th. 13th, 13th and 14th. Hoosier Nationals. We're uh, selling parking and all that stuff, but uh, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have probably another podcast before that starts to go over the championship stuff. But uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we'll we'll definitely do Hoosier Nationals if not before that. Good times. <laughs>